professional athletes are a weird and different case. There are runners who are running perfectly well with degenerative meniscus tears. Hey, Howard, how's it going? It's going great, Paul. How are you? I'm good. I was having a conversation with a very athletic and much younger friend of mine today, and we were talking about running and about generally being active. And he's having a bunch of issues with his back, which, which he says it was exacerbated by running. And then he, that set him off as soon as he said that. Then he went into, well, not only my back, but you probably know, knees are just destroyed by running. And he said, this is well known that we have this pension with enough, with enough activity that you're going to all of a sudden start destroying your cartilage and meniscus and everything else. And I said, I texted him back. This was all by text. So I texted him back the paper you had sent me. And it was like he had fallen off the face of the planet. He just disappeared. <laughs> so it's really funny how uh, it just it comes up constantly and i thought it's it's just such an interesting area that maybe one way we could we could start into it is talk about why in your experience why why people feel like that must be the case is it just this mechanist mechanistic analogy they make that i i i use my my bike shocks too much and those break i use my car brakes too much and those go bad so knees must be the same is that the way that you you hear from patients what they're saying? Yes, and I do. But unfortunately, it's not only patients. I had a knee and had an episode of knee pain. I saw a good friend of mine, a sports guy, very well known, treats a professional team. I had something going on in the knee. And he said, you really should stop running. You're going to ruin your knees. And I was flabbergasted. Mm. I really didn't know how to how to answer him. So like any runner does, I just ignored him and <laughs> I was fine. So it's very easy to understand how patients can think this way because uh, parts wear out, gaskets and ball bearings, etc. So of course it makes sense that our joints would wear out, but we forget biology. We forget biology and don't you think it's also, I mean, these are evolutionary sucky to use the technical term. I, I just find like, <laughs> I'm, I'm amazed if I don't do something, and this has been true from 10 till today, knees just hurt at weird moments. Like all of a sudden it, your knee hurts and then it stops hurting or it clicks and then it's fine again. Or, and everyone, if you talk to almost anyone, they'll tell you the same thing. That Yeah, just episodes of knee pain for no apparent reason. And so it's not particularly surprising that people would draw this causal line and say, well, I was running and my knee hurt. Running must make my knee hurt. I should stop running. Correct. Uh, and they won't connect the dot to an injury that they had when they were 18. They'll say, yeah, I had a meniscus tear when I was 18. So, but that was fine. I got better. <laughs> right, right. So it must be the, the running that gave me the arthritis now. So maybe this is a good point to, to do a, an audible footnote. How would you describe arthritis, in, both in terms of its pathology and then what it actually looks like? if you're looking at what is it just to give people a sense so when we peer inside a joint let's use our little camera scope we see this incredibly smooth uh, glistening and relatively firm uh, white layer of tissue and that's hyaline cartilage it's a unique type of cartilage it's only found on the ends of our bones that oppose one another it's relatively thick. The, the thickness can vary depending on which bone and which joint. In the knee joint, it's actually thickest under the kneecap or patella. Mm. Right. So let's say it's a quarter inch thick, 
and again it's very firm as cartilage starts to degenerate and it degenerates because of a biological process we have hundreds of chemicals in our joint that nourish cartilage and we have some that we can start to make that are become toxic to cartilage so the cartilage will start to soften the moisture content will change fissures will start to develop some pieces can start to flake off or the cells within the cartilage can start to die these cells uh, secrete a matrix which bind the cells together uh, it's like putting chia seeds into a cup of milk and coming back and seeing the milk right. the next day right yeah, 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 yeah. so if those cells make less matrix or there are less cells to make the matrix then the cartilage starts to get thinner as the cartilage thins you now have osteoarthritis the earliest stages started when the moisture content etc changed and then you go through a number of structural changes you lose the cushioning power of the matrix and it just continues to go downhill from there so if i showed you uh, a 10 year old kid's knee the inside of you scoped it and then i showed you a 50 year old male or female's knee how surprised would you be to see what arthritic, osteoarthritic change in the 10-year-old's knee, uh, asymptomatic, I'm talking in both cases, and then in the 50-year-old's knee, how surprised would you be to see it in their respective knees? So I would anticipate seeing it in its earliest forms, at the minimum in a 50-year-old, and I would not expect to see any changes in uh, that of a otherwise normal 10-year-old. Right. So if you had to put together, a, I was trying to explain this to someone today, and I probably put it badly, but I said, if you think of a constellation of factors that might be a, you know, predispose you to having osteoarthritic change in a joint, specifically the knee here, there's age, there's genetics, there's prior traumatic injury, and there's, want of a better word, say exercise usage. If you had to work with that constellation and feel free to introduce other variables if you'd like, how would you apportion responsibility, age, genetics, prior traumatic injury, and just equity? So it appears that that genetics has a very significant role uh, in the onset of osteoarthritic changes. Age is by far the number one cause, but that's probably due to a culmination of things. We know that metabolism is at play in the ideology of many of the chronic diseases that we suffer and ultimately will die from, mm -hmm. right? Well, why do some people live to 100 and others die at 60? Those 100-year-olds are dying of the same diseases. They just got a free pass until they were right. 98. Right. So there was something different in their metabolism. So we know that uric acid levels, the cholesterol levels, uh, blood sugar levels, all of these have tremendous effects on our body as a whole. And as I mentioned, there are a lot of compounds and proteins and chemicals in the knee, uh, and they're going to be affected by your metabolism. Now, without a doubt, prior trauma has a huge role. If you have a meniscus tear and if you lose a piece of that meniscus, you have changed the way that force or weight is distributed across that knee, and you're at very high risk of developing some arthritic change. Right. It may progress rapidly. It may not. It often doesn't. If we see someone who had uh, a meniscus removed in their 20s, 
we'll start to see uh, them present with arthritic changes in, in their 50s, although I'm sure the arthritis was already present in their late 20s or early 30s. Right. So I, I guess that's key, though, right? It's the, 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 in, case of, in the case of the traumatic change, it's not so much that something, some inflammatory process is continuing. It's, it's in, I like to think of it, there's at least as much of a role for change in mechanics of what's actually happening inside of this hinge joint. So there are mechanical changes that take place, such as a meniscus tear, or let's say a fracture, or someone who's bow-legged, right? If you're bow-legged, all the force is going through the inside of your knee. It's going to wear down the cartilage on the inside of the knee and spare the cartilage on the lateral or the outside of your knee. But there are also non-mechanistic non issues. Once you have a hemarthrosis, blood in your joint, yeah. One hemarthrosis raises the risk of developing arthritis dramatically. So that's not causing any mechanical issue, right? There was no damage to the cartilage on your MRI, no yeah. fractures, but that blood in your joint is very noxious. So it just sets off this cascade of events and it changes this whole chemical milieu that's present in your joint and that will affect your cartilage homeostasis. Because and that's an inflammatory explanation, right? I mean, no pun yes, intended. But I mean, that's what's going on. So. That, that's what's going on. Does that suggest, just as a side note, before I get on to something non-geeky, does that suggest that if you actually do have some fluid in the joint, uh, whatever form, blood specifically, I suppose that aspirating it is a good idea? Uh, so you're trading off risks, right? If someone has a hemarthrosis, blood in their joint, there's a chance that it's clotted and very thick and we won't be able to get it out too easily. Uh, this is the end of the free public preview of the Simpla Vita podcast. For the full podcast, including a transcript and show notes, you can upgrade at simplavita.com. This podcast is for general informational purposes only and does not constitute the practice of medicine or other professional healthcare services, including the giving of medical advice. No doctor-patient relationship is formed. The use of information on this podcast or materials linked from this podcast is at the user's own risk. The content of this podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Users should not disregard or delay in obtaining medical advice for any medical condition they may have and should seek the assistance of their healthcare professionals for any such conditions. We will not respond to requests for medical advice.